carry on looking at the power of don't. That is our current series and tonight we look at don't look back. But yeah, we carry on um, with this series believing that it has been ordained by God. And the verses that I've been given um, come from Philippians chapter 3. But just before um, I get into those verses, I, I had a thought as... I was standing there, um, and I wonder, the, the question might seem a little bit strange, but I wonder how you would live your life, or maybe, maybe this is more for the Christians in the room, how you would live your Christian walk. I wonder how you would live your Christian walk if you truly believed that, that your past was erased. If you, if you genuinely believe that, that, that the things that have happened before today, if, if, um, if, if, sorry, before Christ, if those things had, had never happened, or even the mistakes that you've made since then, because there's, there's no such thing as, as perfect people, and, and we'll get into that later tonight, but I wonder how you would live your life, would and, and we know that it, it tells us in God's word that, that, that we are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, then, then they are a new creation. And, and the old has, has passed away. The, the new has come. And, and we know this. I'm just asking, do, do we live our lives as though that is true all of the time? And, and what I mean by that is, is there, is there sometimes, is there, is there, is there things you avoid, you avoid doing because you think, I, I, can't, I can't do that based on what they know of me before? Or I couldn't speak to them or minister to them because they know what I was like before? I, I embarrassed myself with them and, and, and you know, I, I couldn't just come and be this new person to them or, or you've, you've said hurtful things in the past. You're like, I, I, I couldn't go and, and I, could, I couldn't speak to that person for that reason. And I just wonder if you lived your life as that new creation, pursuing Christ pursuing Christ and, and living as the new creation that he has made you. We just sang about how the name of Jesus is powerful and what a powerful name it is. And it truly is. He, he makes us bold. He gives us courage. But beyond that, beyond that, he, he saved us from our sin. And he does that. And in that, he gives us a calling to go out, to go out into the world. And, and that means the world. That means circles that make you uncomfortable. That means conversations that make you uncomfortable. And maybe even tonight, this, maybe, maybe church isn't normally where you find yourself on a Sunday. Maybe, maybe this is a bit different for you tonight. And maybe it does feel slightly uncomfortable. I really hope that tonight is a real significant night for you. I mean that. I really hope that God's word will speak to you in, in how you are right now, in the season that you are in. We believe that you're here on purpose and for a purpose. And tonight we look at God's word together and our, our theme is don't look back. And we go to... Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 4, it says, 
Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law. A Pharisee regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was again to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as done. So that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being comforted to his death, assume, being conformed sorry, to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Church, let's pray as we begin to look at God's word together. Lord, we pray that you would bless. You would bless us as we gather around your word. We pray, God, that your name would be glorified in, in the few minutes that we have together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that we have here, God. And we pray, Lord, to thank you, God, for, for what you will say tonight through this we we believe that God you have something to say thank you that this word is God breathed thank you that it is profitable for teaching and Lord we pray that tonight each individual in this room God would they encounter your Holy Spirit Lord would you speak to each one of us and 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 say exactly what it is that we need to hear God would you do in each of us exactly what it is that you need to do in order that we would glorify you God we we trust your word and we thank you for it send your son's holy and precious name that we pray amen church these verses that we have just read I I believe and know that they are incredibly relatable to us today. And toward the end of those verses there, um, Paul says, Paul says um, that he is not perfect. He, he, he refers to the fact that he hasn't reached the goal. That he, he, hasn't, he hasn't necessarily made it. And, and when I say that this word is relatable to us today, when I looked at that and I looked at the words of Paul there, I just thought when, when Paul is saying 
that he is not perfect. This, this servant of God, this, this, um, this, this man that dedicated his life to, to, to the mission of Christ, he's saying that he is not perfect. And, and we talk about the word being relatable. Can, can anybody relate to that? I'm not perfect. And, and I know all of us can. Paul says not that he has already reached the goal or is already perfect. Paul is saying that he has not arrived. He, he hasn't made it. He is saying, I am not perfect. He says, I am not yet perfect. But I'm working on it. I'm trying to be more like Jesus. I'm trying to be more like Christ. A Christ-like life. That is what Paul is trying to live. That's what he is trying to inspire in those that he is writing to. Those that he is speaking to. And I wonder, does God's word inspire us to the same today? Do we aspire to live a Christ-like life? Sorry, a Christ-like life. Because that in itself, it's not a moment to achieve. It's not, it's not something that we achieve in a single moment. But Paul describes it here as he, as he talks about his analogy of running this race. He doesn't describe it necessarily as, as a moment in this life to achieve. But it's a goal to pursue. It's something to chase after. It's a continual race. It's a running. It's a running. It's a looking ahead. It's a pursuit. And Paul can't claim to be perfect now because it wouldn't be true. But what he can say is that he is pursuing perfection. And he is pursuing perfection because he is pursuing Christ who is perfection. Is that what we are pursuing? When we talk about God's word being relatable to our lives, do we pursue Christ? And Paul, something that we should hone in on here and in, in, in as our theme for the word tonight, he does not focus on the past, but on the future. Forgetting what is behind but reaching forward to what is ahead. And the context in which Paul says this is really interesting. And I don't know if you caught that because a few verses in, in what we have read there, he tells them about the seemingly good things. The, the kind of, the things that, that in another context, in, 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 another, in another way, to other people, he would have a means to boast. There are people who would, who would genuinely, as, as Paul is saying what he's saying here, there are people who would think, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you have it. You have a right to boast. He tells them about the seemingly good things that he has done. So when he is referring to 
the, the past. He is talking about accomplishments as well. He is talking about things that, that should give him some kind of status. Or at least so he thought before, before Christ. And it's interesting when we think of our past and our before Christ. We're usually caught up in the seemingly bad things. And this, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the kind of mistakes and, and the falling behind. And, and how Paul is speaking to the people here is, is he is talking about how he could have confidence in the flesh. He obviously moves on from that. But he says, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh... If anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul saying, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. Do you know who I am? Do you know where I come from? Do you know what, what stock I have been in? And it's almost as if that's what he is trying to capture here. Trying to catch the attention of the people. And, and you know what, what it reminds me of? Don't worry, we're going, beyond, we're going beyond that. We are going somewhere with this. But Paul, what it reminds me of here is, is it's like that, that church kid. Or that, that one that grew up in church. And, and we absolutely 100% want our children to grow up in church. But you understand what I'm saying here. It's, it's this kind of boastful manner. This pride, as we had spoke about this morning, you know, you know those people, oh, I, I grew up in church. I was, I was born on the Saturday and I, I was dedicated on a Sunday. And at 18 months, I learned my first memory verse. I was the first person in our church baptized in primary school. God had a real calling on my life. You know, it's, it's, it's this boasting as if there is something to boast of. And, and, and none of it means what Paul is saying here about, about himself, about those people who, who, who boast in, in these kind of tick box, box things. He is saying that none of it means anything if you do not know Christ. Truly know him. Truly know him. And, and I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not saying that these things are, are unimportant or worthless. Absolutely not. We aspire that, 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 our, that our young people would grow up in church. That they would seek to know God's word. That, that we would dedicate their lives to him. That they would grow and be baptized. But what we, what we want ultimately in all of those things. All of those things are, are an action. They are a living out. They are a demonstration of the fact that they know Christ. Church, do we know Christ? The surpassing worth of knowing Christ. The value of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. It surpasses all. It surpasses everything. What Paul is saying, what he is getting at here, you can have accomplished whatever you like. It means nothing without Christ. 
without a deep love and a knowing of Christ. What he's saying is, are, are before Christ. It's a different time. The world looked different to us then. We, we lived differently. Our goals, our ambitions, our, our success, our, our failures, our mistakes, our shortcomings. Without Christ. But we live differently now. We move toward something. Where before it was almost like we moved. And, and we accomplished nothing. But, but what, Christ, what, what Paul says here is to know Christ. To know Christ. That is of ultimate worth. That is of absolute value. Nothing else in this world you can treasure. The knowing him and being known by him. And I'm sure if you call yourself a child of God, if you're a Christian, then you more than likely have this transformation story that the Paul too has. A time that you can look back on and realize the change that was made in your life. And, and I know that I can do the same. My, my story is one of, of a teenager who, who, who came to a youth group here in church. And, and I wasn't big into youth groups. People scared me. I didn't, well, they still do, to be fair. But people, yeah, I wasn't, just, I wasn't a real people person. And, and yeah, people scared me. And I sort of felt like I didn't really fit into to the area that I was living in. And, and, and I, was, I, was, I was afraid of everyone. I was anxious. I was fearful. I, I lacked confidence. And, and I came to a youth group because a, a friend, and there, there wasn't a whole lot of them, but a friend invited me. And, and I came to, to a youth group and just, just going to, to be a good friend and, and to, to tick that box. And, and God, in, in a few short months, changed my life. He told me that I need not fear. He told me that he was with me and that he would deliver me. And, and my story is, is one of being an anxious, not confident teenager to, to just being blessed by God with, with the opportunity to serve him in, in the way that I do now. And, and even then, I'm, I'm sure you're the same. You just, you, you look back and, and God is so good. And we, we sing of it, we sing of it all the time. And, and I still, you'll, you'll see me. I, I know I'm kind of hard on the sleeve when, when we're worshiping. But just there's, there's times it just really catches you. That, that all my life, he has been faithful. He has been good. And, and I hope that, I hope that you can, you can remember times like that too. And, and that this doesn't just become the, the kind of t- turning of the wheels as we're talking about. I'm, I'm not in my notes anymore. Sorry, we'll get there. But I hope that it's just, that, that, that it's not that mundane thing. Remember what it was like. If, if you do feel like that is you, if you're just coming to church. 
It's not, it's not necessarily that, that that's all wrong. The, you know, the, the intentions are, there are good and, and, and the obedience in itself is good. But just remember what it's like to love Christ and what he has done in your life. Remember the excitement in, in, in the moments when you just really, really knew that he was working. Maybe, maybe tonight, that's, that's what you, you needed to be, to be mindful of. But, but what Paul is telling us here is to, to not look back and to not live off of those things. But to pursue Christ. To press on and to know that what is ahead, although what has been, what has been might be good, what is ahead, what is ahead is so much greater. What God has in store for us, what we are pursuing, it is so much greater. And yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but the idea of um, of 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 moving on and 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 things changing and and leaving things behind. I was um thinking recently when I was on this subject has. Um, I wonder if anybody has ever, well I'm sure most people have, you've ever moved house. Recently we moved house, never again. We're staying there forever. We're never moving again. Although it's a blessing, God has certainly blessed us, never moving again. And I discovered that when we're moving that, that um, well I say I discovered, I was told that I'm a hoarder. I'll not tell you who told me, but... I'm sure you can guess. I'm told that I was a bit of a hoarder. I didn't really think that I was much, but then it's like when you lift the bag of, of WWE action figures that you haven't looked at in 20 years. I'm spoofing like I looked at them about a year ago, but you say, and uh, there's, there's legs broken off them and there's heads detached from them. And, and I just, like, I genuinely struggled to part with it. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. And then it was like, God, I, honestly, I felt like God was trying to test me. I went to the recycling center and, and I go to dump them. And the fellow's like, how long have you had them? I was like, mate, I don't need this. <laughs> you know how hard this is for me? I have, but these, honestly, these, these, wee, these wee broken action figures and, and I just really struggled to part with them and, and I wanted to bring them with me. But, but thankfully the move for us, it was, it was, um, it was pretty smooth. It was a, it was a decent um, transition because everything sort of fitted and, and moved as planned. Most, mostly, most things went to plan because I remember I was um, helping my dad, we do a lot of furniture moving and stuff for church, so I'm sort of the guy that people call in, in our family whenever we're, we're moving stuff, because, um, yeah, so the, the, they call me and he's like, I'm, I'm getting a new sofa, so I need rid of the old sofa, and this sofa is, I mean, it's, it's old, it is, it's, it's old, it's like, um, it's, but, but what you need to understand about it is like this big, massive leather recliner. And leather recliners are the heaviest. Notoriously, they're the heaviest. And, and it's all taped up as well. It's like there's exposed wood and he's taping it up as if that somehow makes it safe or something like that. Um, and and uh, he, he says to me that he needs a hand taking it out of the house. 
It's this big, heavy thing. And he said, I'll get a few fellas round and we'll get it lifted. And I said, don't do that. Too many people will get in the way. Me and you will lift it. It'll be grand. Famous last words. We attempt to move this thing. And, and it wouldn't go. It just wouldn't go through the door. And, and I'm like, did you, did you take that window out to get this in? No, it came through that door. And, and then he goes, oh, maybe we took the door off and the door frame. And I'm like, are you serious? But still, he, he does that and he takes the door frame off. He takes the door off and, and the thing won't move. It wouldn't go. And, and then he realizes what's happened over the years is that when he's putting down new floor, he doesn't lift the old floor. So the, the floor's raised by a few inches and, and, and the, the, the thing no longer fits. So what happens? We say we're breaking it. And so we break it. We busted it apart and eventually it comes through the door. And then we're able to get rid of it. Now I want you to imagine that after we had busted this thing apart, we have struggled with it. The, even the two of us together, but he, he tried to move it himself at first, that's not happening. The two of us together, we get it and, and we struggle with it together. Now I want you to imagine, after we had busted it and broke it up, if he had said to me, I want to keep that, don't throw it out. What are you talking about? Don't throw it out. The amount of time that it took us to bust that thing apart and you want to try and bring it with us. Imagine that he had said this, this old and broken thing that he wanted to keep it and to bring it with him. Church, I think often we do that. I think often we have a habit of making changes in our lives but still trying to keep hold of these old and broken things. There, there are things in our lives that, that are, that, that are holding, holding us back. If we want to be committed to this goal of pursuing Christ, of running well, of pursuing the goal of the calling of Jesus, then we need to not look back. Leave the broken things where they are and don't try to bring them with you. And removing things from our lives is difficult. Even when people are there to help, it can still be difficult. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't lean on people. It just means that maybe you need more of a community around you. Maybe you need more of the right people. But it tells us to not neglect meeting together. It tells us that when one rejoices, we will all rejoice. When one suffers, we will all suffer. We are part of a body. A body that functions together. Together. So your brothers and sisters, as we're addressed in this passage, they are there, they're there to give you a hand. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it means that the burden is lighter. And it's hard when you've been comfortable with something for so long that it's hard to part with. And you may even need help. 
but remember that you're pursuing a goal that you have not pursued before. Of course it's going to look different. Of course it's going to be difficult. Of course it's going to require a shedding away. Of course it's going to take sweat and tears. You're living beyond what you can see. You are living by faith. And you need to remember what it is that you are pursuing. So that you can decide what to leave behind. Because there are, there are things that need to be left behind. This is why we say, don't look back. There are things that need to be left behind. Paul says, don't look back. Paul's advice often when it comes to temptation is to flee. It is to run. We, we touched on this last week. And, and off the back of that, Whatever it is that, that you were looking at, whatever it is that, that is still gripping you from, from back there, whatever, whatever it is that, that has still holding you back, it needs to be a shell of its former self. You need to pursue this. You need to pursue Christ in a way that, that makes those things no longer attractive. You need to pursue that goal. Embrace fully the new life that you've been offered. Pursue Christ and do not look back. It was said this morning around the table. It was said as uh, Tim shared the word this morning. And I really felt that it was appropriate to share tonight. In Philippians 2 verses 9 to 11. For this reason. God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Stephen said this morning, it's not about us. It's never about us. It's always about him. The pursuit of Christ is what will carry us forward. Is what will help us to go forward. Is what will help us to not look back. And why wouldn't we want to live our call in Christ? Do you understand who he is? Do you know what he has done? Do you know what he is doing? Do you know what he has in store for you? The words that I've just read, they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Above all of it. Above everything. Dreams and aspirations. Difficulties. And broken things. Christ is the name above every other name. And why would you not pursue him? Why would you not pursue the things of Christ? And, and what is powerful to understand is that it tells us with absolute certainty that every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. 
We sang about the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And we've talked here about the glory of God the Father. The glorious life that can be lived in pursuing Christ. And, and like, like I said, it's, it's human nature to, to look back, to sometimes want to, to carry broken things, to be, to be tempted by the things that, that at one stage gripped you. Just know, just know that what is ahead is so much greater. It is, it is incomparable. It is, it is beyond, it is beyond what we can imagine. The pursuit of Christ. And just know that this struggle, this struggle with our former selves, this past life, we have all lived it. Romans 3 and 23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We do not reach God's glory. His ways are higher than ours. We often, we fall short. Therefore we sin. It tells us that that is for all. But, in Romans 5 and 8, it tells us that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Even if we are carrying those broken things, even if we still hold on to baggage, Christ died for you as you are. It's not a case of I need to, to get rid of these things and, and to give up these things and then, and then I'll be good enough to come. You will never be good enough. He makes us righteous. Let him do the transforming work in your life. You cannot do it yourself. You cannot do it of your own strength. It's, 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 it's just simply not doable. Christ came to earth and died for you while you were still a sinner. He wants you in the state that you're in now. Because Christ, he, he is the one who saves us from our sin. And it's as simple as this in Romans 10 and 9. With this I finish. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And that confession. And, and that, that confession. It looks like saying that you have sin. And you are in need of a saviour. It says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That he is the name above every other name. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Do you believe in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In your heart. It's not about saying words. It's about believing in your heart. Do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? You will be saved. This is how you will be saved. And I hope tonight, in, in the few minutes that we have had together, that you understand that you need to be saved. That you understand that, that there is a new life. There is a new life for you to pursue. That you, need, that you understand 
that you must pursue Christ above all things. That nothing in this world, nothing in this world will ever bring you peace. Will ever bring you satisfaction. And, and other than the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Church, let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your help with your Holy Spirit within us. Thank you for your help in pursuing Christ. Would you help us, those who trust and believe in you, to continue that pursuit, to become more like your son, Jesus. And God, we pray for those who do not know you. We pray that tonight their hearts will have been softened, that their eyes will have been opened. And God, we pray that you would move in people's lives, that they would see their need for a savior. God, thank you for the work that you have done in my life. Thank you for my salvation. God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.